We are trying to get to heaven. Okay? That's our end goal. That's our end game is getting to heaven. I'm not, my, my uh, goal in this world is not just to accumulate stuff and things to where I have to spend $100 a month on a storage unit. Okay? That one day when I'm dead and gone, my kids are going to, they'll fight over a little bit of it maybe. And then the rest of it that I thought was treasures are going to get put in the dollar box at the auction on the wagon, and it's not even going to bring a dollar. It might bring a quarter, right? And everything I spent all that money on and spent all that time and spent all that affection on is going to be gone to somebody else. It's going to sit on somebody else's table, on somebody else's shelf. The end goal and the end game for us, brothers and sisters, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, is we got to get to heaven. Amen? We've got to get to heaven, and we've got to take people with us to heaven. Okay. Okay. Listen, some of my best sermons were back in, in the spring when nobody was in here. Man, I was getting, I felt there was Holy Ghost anointing. I was preaching to pews. We've got to get to heaven. And we have to get to heaven no matter what the cost is. If it takes everything we've got to get to heaven, that's where we've got to get to. And the devil wants to slow us down. And the devil wants to sidetrack us and detour us. And the devil wants us to not get to heaven. He wants us to get tangled up. The Bible says to not get entangled, okay? Right? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I'm going from 1 John chapter 4, I believe it is. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And a man that warreth does not entangle himself into the affairs of this life. You have to be very careful about what you entangle yourself with. Watch this, and I know this isn't going to be popular, but you've got to be careful who you entangle yourself with. Because some people don't have the same goals for you that you have for you. Some people don't have the same goals for you that the Lord has for you. Oh, So you better be sure that the people that you are with and associate with have the same goals and the same desires that you do. Well, pastor, does that mean I can't talk to sinners? No, you can talk to sinners. You, you, I deal with sinners every day. I love dealing with sinners. I love it. I love standing there and they just cussing like a blue streak and then they find out I'm a preacher. Then they start apologizing. And I said, you don't think I ever heard those words before? Might have used them a few years ago. You never know. Way back in the day, the B.C., you know, before Christ. You don't think I haven't heard that before? Some of them I want to say, let me take you to the dairy farm where I grew up. And listen to my granddad and my dad. What are you saying? I'm saying, you know what? You can be in the world, but make sure that you are the influencer and not the influencee. Can you, listen now, can we walk through the world without picking up the things in the world? Can we walk through the world and walk through life every day without picking up what they're putting down? Is that right, Danny? Yeah, picking up what they're putting down. 
The world is putting down cursing. The world is putting down addictions. The world is putting down lust. The world is putting down immorality. The world is putting down sin. Can we walk through there without picking all that up? I say yes, we can. Because when you receive the Holy Ghost, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. That's what it says. That's what he said. And I'm talking to people who are powerful people. I'm talking to you today. You're powerful in God, but you better be careful what the devil is trying to lay in your path. So I walked in here. Who was it? Was it? Maybe it was Amber. It was Amber, yeah. I walked in here on Friday night. Now, as you, most of you know, I have rental property. So when I go to collect rent, sometimes I have to go in the apartment or step in the door, right? And my family will attest to this. I can walk home from collecting rent, and they say, we know where you've been. You've been collecting rent. How do you know? You smell like stale grease and cigarettes. Now, I actually, I want you to know that I can walk into a room where everybody but me is smoking, and I, when I walk out of that room, I still am not smoking. I can walk into a room where they're all drinking, and Brother Kevin, I can walk out of that room if I'm spending five minutes or five hours still not drinking. I can walk into a crowd where they're cussing and fussing, and when I walk out of there, I'm still not cussing and fussing because I'm trying to be like Jesus. You see, Jesus could walk into the house of sinners, have dinner, and still leave a saint. That's what we're trying to get to. We're trying to have everyday, normal, functional Christianity. Is this all right? Or do you want my slides? Carly, just in there. You see, God wants us to walk this life. God wants us to talk this life. You know, listen, if you go to work and you, you fit in just like the rest of them, what do you got? What do you have that's different than what they have? They've been out... Slapping and partying, and I'm not, God help me, keep my mouth shut. They've been going out all doing all sorts of things. And they come in and they're still a Christian. I got news for the world. I got news for the Christian world. Not everybody that says they're a Christian is going to make it. Not everybody that believes that they're a Christian is going to make it. Because the book of Galatians says, if you're an adulterer or an idolater, if you're a fornicator, if you like strife and malice, if you're effeminate, it goes on. And at the end of it, it says, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. There's another scripture that says, if the righteous scarcely make it in, where would the sinner and the ungodly be? I believe that 
my walk with the Lord is, should be a lifestyle. It should be a lifestyle that I live every day. You know what? I don't stop cussing and drinking and smoking on Sundays and Wednesdays. Because I know I got church that night. Unless I'm collecting rent. So, Amber, I walk in Friday night, I'd been collecting rent. And I said, Amber, we sat down by the computer because we needed to make this report. And I said, Amber, do you smell me? Now, that's a loaded question. You know, what flavor, Pastor? You know, grapes, strawberries. I said, Amber, do I smell like smoke? She said, no, I don't think so. Well, you know, we got to work in there, and I spun around the chair, and she said, yep, now I smell it. I said, just to let you know, it's just on my clothes and in my hair. I had, it's not in my mouth. I haven't been smoking in my mouth. But the question is this, what scent do we carry around every day? What scent do we carry around every day wherever we walk? When we walk into work, what scent are we carrying? When we walk into work, do they know we're a Christian? Do they know we're different than them? Do we know, do they know that we're actually spirit filled? Or do we have the goods? Do we really have the goods to what we have? Or are we just fooling ourselves? I'm telling you, the whole Christian world is, is fooling themselves if they think that one of these days they're all going to get there and living like hell on earth. Because you're not going to be able to live like hell on earth and make it up to heaven in the end of the, of the whole thing. Are you seeing what I'm saying? And so our goal as Christians is to make it to heaven. Now, that may cost us some things. That may cost us. We in America have not been exposed very much to persecution as a church. Not like they are in Chad and Sudan and Egypt, Nigeria, China. North Korea. We haven't really been exposed to it. But it could be coming. Just this past week, and everything that's going on right now in the political realm, if you go back and you read about the Bolshevik Revolution, you know what I'm talking about? That's when the Bolsheviks took over Russia. They took over. They exiled the Romanov family, the Tsar, to Siberia. Eventually they murdered them. But the first thing they did was they rendered them useless. They took away their banking system. They took away their political free and freedom of speech. They did everything until the communists could take over. Now in America, we have censorship by Twitter. And people are crying. Oh, they just shut down my account. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? They shut down Parler. They shut down this. They shut down that. That's just social stuff, man. What are we going to do when they come after our kids? What are we going to do when they come after us? What are they going to do when possibly we may not be able to meet here 
when it's all said and done. Are you seeing what I'm saying? I'm bringing you back to Realville today, brothers and sisters, because there is a war going on. It just wasn't an election that happened in November. It just wasn't all of the mess and the fraud and all of that in all those states that happened. This is spiritual warfare. This is good versus evil. You see, there is a force on the earth called the Antichrist. And the Antichrist is a one-world system. And they want to take over the whole world. And the last opposition and the last nation to oppose this system will be the United States of America. And you see, that's why the liberals hate this country. That's why the billionaires fund all of these radical district attorneys in all of these states and cities because they want this liberal agenda to come about where people can go in and commit a murder. Now, you know, people can go in and, 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 and hit and assault and batter a police officer and walk out with a misdemeanor. There's new laws about policing in this great state of Illinois in which we live that if I was a cop, I'd be ready to retire and leave and go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. You say, we don't need to get wrapped up in all the politics, Pastor. But you see, what you don't understand is the politics and the politicians make the laws. And then the laws affect us. In Canada, you cannot preach about homosexuality because that's hate speech. The world we live in. You cannot preach about all the gay and the LBGQTXYZ, MOUSE. Because that's hate speech. You see, they want to silence our voices. Now, I'm not too worried here. We got 72 views. But what I'm telling you is this. It's coming. And we're going to have to be real Christians. And we're going to have to be real men and women of God. And we're going to, it's going to come to a point where you're going to have to decide... Do I want to live the secular life and fill up the storage unit and then die one day unhappy? Or is my main goal trying to get to heaven? I'm past the storage units. I'm past accumulating money. I'm past accumulating things. I'm past all of this business. I'm past the social media mess. I'm past all of that. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. That's what the old song says. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't. Feel at home in this world anymore. And you know what I feel in this church? I feel. Now somebody says, well, pastor, you're going to use my words against me. I don't do that. Because I say you don't operate by a feeling. Let me do it like this. I sense the Lord shifting gears on us. I sense that. I sense the Lord shifting gears on this church into a place God wants to take us into radical Christianity. God wants to move us into a place where we're more concerned about getting our neighbors saved and in church than we are is what this stock is doing or what this piece of real estate's going for. Now Tim, I want you thanks, I need some encouragement. Listen, I want you to know that old brother Trace, I'm not going to say okay, I'm going to sell everything and give to the poor. No, I'm still trying to make money. I still got to make a living. But I'm talking about let's get our priorities right. 
the sign up there, whoever the sign angel was that put it up there this year, Matthew 6.33. You know what Matthew 6.33 is? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. Listen, if you put the house of the Lord first this year, God will begin to give you everything you need, everything you want. You're going to set at Christmas and they're going to say, what do you want for Christmas? And you're going to say, I got everything that I even want or need. Hallelujah. I'm talking about getting your priority and your business straight with God. This world, brothers and sisters, is getting ready to catch on fire. This con, this system is getting ready to catch on fire and this whole thing is coming down. We better get our business straight with God. Now we have prayed. We have prayed. We've heard the prophecies that God says, I'm going to expose it. Listen, he is. Now it's not happening like we thought it would. But God's exposing it. I saw, anybody Anybody have a my pillow? Let me tell you something. You got one, Alex? How is it? What? You're getting one. You're getting one. I'm getting you one. You need an... Where's my pillow people? How are they? They're amazing. When you first get them, they're in a ball. You open them up and they go... Kind of like me. I open up and just... Unfold. Hallelujah. Unfold. Unroll. I went back there and I hugged Brandon and I said, How does it feel hugging the Michelin man? He started laughing. I said I was going to say the Pillsbury Doughboy, but I'm trying to speak good things over my life. Amen. You unfold that pillow, and then it's all lumpy. It's got all these pieces of lumps. It's like, what, how, what? This is not going to work. And, brother, then you put it in the dryer. What, 30 minutes or so, fluff it up, you know, and you sleep on it. And it's so high, you think, this is not going to work. But, brother, by the third or fourth night... You're like, this is like heaven to me. This is the most beautiful thing that I've ever encountered in my whole life. Well, Brother Mike Lindell, I don't know if you know any of his story. Do you know his story? The man is a billionaire, okay? But 15 years ago, he was homeless and a crack addict. And the Lord got a hold of his life. I was watching on YouTube the other night after my nap. Amen. After the 9 to midnight nap that I took that I wasn't planning on. I, I was watching YouTube, and he was on there, and he's talking about all this voter fraud that's coming out. And he was so excited about it because all of this voter fraud that's coming out, this the Dominion company that's making the, these voting machines has threatened him, and they said, "You better watch it. We're gonna we're gonna sue you." Well, when you're a billionaire, you know what you say: "Bring it on." You know why you say bring it on? Because they're going to have to produce evidence that it's not doing what they're saying it's doing. He said, I'm so excited because this is how God is exposing this. This is going to happen. Brothers and sisters, I want you to be encouraged today. I want you to realize that God has never lost the battle. And I want you to realize that there was power in the bones of Elijah. There was residential or residue. There was residue power in the bones of Elisha. When that body hit those bones, that power raised up that dead soldier back to life again. God cannot die. God cannot lie. 
God is not going to let us down. You just hang on and get on the J train and say, Jesus, whatever you want to do, I'm in here 110%. Amen. Hey, give the Lord some praise because I need some encouragement today. I'm trying to preach without notes. Pray for me. I'm trying to preach without notes. We believe in miracles. Do you? Do you really? This is a trick question. You believe in miracles. You believe your God can do anything. Really? Then why are we all crying? Why are we crying? Why are we crying because Joe Biden's president? Why are you afraid? We believe God can do anything. Why are we all afraid? Two thousand nine we bought this building. Barack Hussein Obama was in charge there. But the Lord gave us this building. This is a nice truck. Truck to carry grain in. Truck to house the harvest in. It's nice. But he did that with all that mess in Washington. What's the difference now? Well, this one can't talk as good as he could, Obama could. I don't know what he's going to do when he's got to take a nap and he gets done signing all those executive orders. I'm telling you, God can move anytime, anywhere, any place. Why are we crying? Why are we all sad? We believe in miracles? No. We believe in miracles. Well, we all dance and worship about the Red Sea. We all hoop and holler about the Red Sea. But the Red Sea was prefaced with 400 years of slavery. 400 years. One generation told another generation. I remember when we were free. Until finally the generations that knew freedom before the slavery were gone. And now all of them only knew slavery. And that generation would pray, God, deliver us. 400 years. If a generation is 40 years, that's 10 generations. We all want to shout and dance about the Red Sea. But nobody talks about the 400 years of slavery and getting whipped every day. And not being able to make your quota of bricks because now there's a, some superhero that's going in to challenge Pharaoh for us. His name is Moses. And now he's made Pharaoh mad, so now we don't even get straw. So we still got to make our quota of bricks a day and got to get the straw now. But we believe in miracles because we read the book. We read the whole story. We're standing up looking at the story unfold on the pages that it's written on. And we get all excited because we believe in miracles. One man was in captivity. 
He was taken from his home country. He was a good man. He was a noble man. He was a man of wisdom and integrity. And while he's in this strange land, he's told, don't pray to your God. But every morning, he opened his window toward Jerusalem and prayed. Every day, every day when he went home for lunch, before he went back to work, he opened up his window and prayed toward Jerusalem again. That night, that evening, same thing. Opened up his window and prayed toward Jerusalem. Day in and day out. Day in and day out. You see, that's just where the consistency comes. You just keep showing up. You just keep, you know, a lot of times nothing fancy happens most of the time. How many of you like Christmas? Yeah. Thank God it only happens once a year. Especially if you're a parent, you can't afford it. Would you imagine a Christmas every month? And it would lose its touch. It would lose its nostalgia. Just be consistent. Most days is just normal. Most days, Brother Dennis is just getting CDX. Roll of felt paper, some tag nails. That sounds exciting, doesn't it? Felt paper and tag nails. Doesn't that sound exciting? Doesn't it sound exciting just going to work and putting all your kids to bed, Danny? How many kids you put to bed every night, Danny? No, no, three. You know about you talking about Butch? I'm talking about where you work. How many? How many you watch over? Come on. All right, so hundreds. Let's just do it like that, hundreds. You do that a lot, five nights a week. A lot of nights, nothing happens. Just sitting there, killing time. Right? Brother Nathan goes to the hospital and works. Just normal things in hospitals that happen. I don't know if that's true or not. All right, he's not helping my sermon any. Now he will. You just keep driving to work on the same road all the time. Not too much happens drive on that drive. Just on this drive. What are you talking about? I'm talking about every day. Just everyday life. Everyday life. Don't despise everyday life. Don't hate everyday life. Because everyday life will lead you to a miracle. Everyday life will lead you to a deliverance. Everyday life will lead you to that next thing that God wants to do. And so, lo and behold, here we are. Three times a day, he prays, and then finally, his enemies get wind of it and take it to the king. And now Daniel is finding himself convicted and sentenced to a lion's den. Oh, we're all happy because we believe in miracles because we read the story. What about the person who was writing the story and who's living the story? Brothers and sisters, you and I are living this story. Brothers and sisters, you and I are living the last day's story. We all want to shout about a lion's den, but it took some pain and suffering and some faith that says, God, if you deliver me out of that, that's fine, but if you don't, I'm not going to stop praying. Somebody said, so-and-so's mad at God. Well, 
most of you know that my personality is I'm a kind, gentle, compassionate person. Right, Ginger? I was talking to somebody on the phone. They said, so-and-so is just mad at God. Well, I hung up the phone. And in my loving way, I said to my wife, and I wonder how mad God is at them. All the years that they claimed to live for God and wouldn't pray and wouldn't fast and just sat through how many church sermons and services and didn't do diddly squat for him. Maybe God ought to be mad at him. See, I had to get that out. Sometimes you got to get that out. What right do we have to be mad at God when God doesn't show up on our time frame? What right do we have to be mad at God when He doesn't do it like we think He ought to do it? Because God has never lost a battle. God has never lost a battle and He never will lose a battle. Amen. You see, when Daniel went into that lion's den, the king was more worried about Daniel than Daniel was worried about it. And when Daniel got in there, he gets in there and starts saying, And those lions, the Lord locked up their jaws and they just did nothing but just purr and lay beside Daniel and keep him warm all night long. We believe in miracles, but nobody wants to talk about what it takes to get a miracle. See, if you're going to believe in miracles and you have to have a miracle, you're going to have to be in circumstances that dictate and require a miracle. But the problem is the church is so soft. We are so soft today. Well, this is good preaching, Pastor. I know it is. See, I just had a board meeting with myself. The vote was unanimous. Keep preaching. We are so soft. I know people that quit church because it was too quiet, too loud, too soft. Seats are too hard. Preacher preaches too long. That wasn't here. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, I got. I, I like it when people, people have kids. They have kids. They have teenage kids. And I said, I said, you know, you ain't got kids yet, do you? Okay. So when you get kids out of you, you bring them to church early so they can be in class, so they can learn about Jesus. I talk to parents who have kids who can't get their kids to youth. Oh, it's, it's just too early. My God, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. What, what time do you get up and go to work? Well, I've got to be at work at 8. Which means if you live somewhere, you're going to have to drive at least maybe 30 minutes. So that means you've got to leave the house by 7.30. Which means you've got to get up. I'm going to give you 30 minutes to brush your teeth and pull your hair back, okay? I'm not even going to give you an hour to, you know, get your shower, get your makeup on, do whatever you've got to do, make yourself look presentable for the rest of the world, whatever. So, you know, you're telling me that five days a week you get up at... at yes, brother. Yes. You, yeah, I've got to get away from this side of the church, yeah. You telling me, you telling me you gotta get up at six, six thirty just to be at work at eight, and you can't get your kids here to ten so they can hear from the youth pastor, they can't be involved in the youth group. Well, you know what now? That that group's not even in church anymore. They don't even go to church no more. You know why? Because I've been in there forty years and I've seen a lot of stuff. 
But I'm telling you this, you got to make this a priority. This has to be a priority. That way, you know, we all talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how awesome it was. How awesome they, they got thrown in the fiery furnace, Brother Tim. And the old King Nebuchadnezzar looked in there and he said, uh, Did not we throw three in there? Be- behold, I see four walking in there. And the fourth looks like the Son of God. And they brought those, brought those boys out and stood them out there. And they said, We're going to worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But I wonder how many of us would have been standing beside those three. When everybody else in the kingdom bowed. I'm talking about we got to get real. Do you have the goods? Do I have the goods? Do we have the goods, brothers and sisters? I think you do because, you know, we've been through a pandemic. We've been through 10-week shutdown where we couldn't even come to church together. we got brothers and sisters who used to be with us in the household of faith who are no longer here with us. And we scratch our heads and wonder what in the world happened to them. I'm not just talking about the last year. I'm talking about five years ago, ten years ago. People that you never dreamed would do such stupid stuff have done such stupid stuff. Have destroyed families and marriages and children's lives. Parents, your, your actions are going to affect your kids. All right? I'm just telling you right now, your actions, what you do, are going to affect your kids. Yes, yes. Because I'm dealing with that one right back there. And she don't mind me saying it. She's been, she been struggling for all her life because of situations and decisions that other people made. And you, you know what? you got to help them realize that what they are here on earth for is not just to be a solution to somebody else's problem or situation. Because the Bible says that we each have a book of destiny. And God put each of us on this earth. Now man might have had ulterior motives than the reason that you are here today. But God had a plan that you are divinely here. So each of us are divinely here today hearing this preacher rant and rave because God is wanting to pull you up and pull you out and clean us up and dress us up and get us ready for the end time. Brothers and sisters, I do not believe God just gave us this nice piece of property and this building just so we could clean it and paint it once in a while. I think God was going to fill this thing up. I think God's going to fill up an addition. I think God wants to do a lot on this 13 acres. But let me tell you something. God has to change us. And things are going to have to happen that we're not comfortable with. Oh, we all like talking about the burning fiery furnace. But how many of us would have stood up with those three boys? A lot of us, once we saw that fire getting, you know, when you get, you know, those old pot belly stoves, when you got them hot and they start glowing. Brother, when you got a stove glowing, you, you know, it's hot. Feels good unless you get too close. Okay. Stay away from it. Thank you, Ginger. So, here you go. What are we doing? Oh, everybody likes a miracle, but it takes situations that require miracles to get a miracle. If you need healing, you're going to have to be sick in order to need a healing. 
Is this okay? Does this make sense? I'm getting ready to close you out. You can get up there and get a line of Ponda Gross in just a few minutes. So if you need healing, you're sick, right? If you're, if you're needing a miracle, you're in a miracle situation that nothing that you can do or anybody around you can do will get the job done. It's the same way with people who are not in the kingdom. They are lost. People have to be lost in order to realize they need saved. So stop fighting with the people at work who are already thinking they're saved. Ask God to take you to people who know they're lost and who want to get saved. And who want to, who know they're blind and want to see. You see what I'm saying? Man, this gumbo is heavy. Whew, okra, sausage, maybe a little chicken, some roux. Oh, hallelujah. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying if we're going to have a miracle, somebody's going to have to write down the ingredients and live the ingredients to get the miracle. So we're living in 2021. And what the prophets said hasn't happened like they said it would. Does that mean I'm kicking the prophets out of my life? No, 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 no. You see, we're fighting with an enemy who doesn't fight fair. We're dealing with an enemy who is a spirit being. Remember that. He's a spirit being. He was created by God. He's in the angelic class. We're in the human class. We're in the human class, but inside of us we are sons of God, waiting for the time of redemption to when we become like Him. For when we see Him, we shall be like Him. You following me? So we're stuck in this body right now, but we are the ones that are on this earth. Out of all the people that have lived for God all of these years, 